This is Alive with Joseph. You know, the Bible says something in Job, chapter 32, verse 7 and 8, that is very, very profound. It said, I said, days should speak, and multitude of years should teach wisdom. It says, but there's a spirit in man, and the inspiration of the Lord Almighty gives them understanding. So friends, beloved, tonight, we are not looking to natural light. It says, I thought these should speak. It says, I thought multitude of years should teach wisdom. It says, but there's a spirit in man. The inspiration of God gives man understanding. So we do not look to natural light or natural human experience tonight. We look to the Lord for inspiration and for understanding. You know, our God is the one that is able constantly to take us from the place of not enough to the place of just enough. And then he takes us further to the place of more than enough. And then he takes us even further to the place of overflowing abundance. You know, the Bible says in First Samuel chapter 2, verse 8, it says he raises up the poor out of the dust and lifts up the beggar from the dunk hill to set them among princes. This is what God does all the time. He's looking to lift people up all the time and to make them inherit the throne of glory. For the pillars of the earth are the Lord's and he has set the world upon them. So, this evening, we will be talking about the Father's plan for your financial prosperity. I take that again. The Father's plan for your financial prosperity. And we'll be starting from the third book of John, chapter 1, verse 2. It says, Beloved, I wish above all things that you may prosper and be in health, even as your soul prospers. I take that again. He says, beloved, this is God speaking to us. He says, beloved, I wish above all things, this is God's wish, that you may prosper and be in health, even as your soul prospers. I want us to take note of a tiny little word there. He says, I wish above all things. I wish. He didn't say, I command. He didn't say, I anoint. I wish. God wishes. It's like a father or a mother that takes their child to a very expensive school. They bought all the expensive clothing and stationery and paid for you know, the expensive school fees. And they put the child in that school. From then on, they can only wish that this child takes advantage of this opportunity. God says, beloved, I wish. That means, you know, for that parent and that child, the parent has a part to play, which has been played, and the child also has a, a part to play. So the parent can only wish from then on once everything has been sorted and the child has been put into school. So, we look at that verse again. It says, I wish above all things that you prosper and be in health, even as your soul 
prosperous. We see something here. God is telling us, let your soul prosper first. Then actual prosperity will come. Remember the topic for this evening is the Father's plan for our financial prosperity. So what is God's prosperity formula? One, let your soul prosper first. Soul prosperity before actual prosperity. And what is soul prosperity? The prosperity of the soul is understanding how things work in this kingdom. You see, netball and football are both ball games, but the rules are different. We are in the world, we are not of the world, so we need to understand properly how the kingdom of God operates. And that's one thing I love about a live church. They give us the opportunity to understand, you know, not just faith issues around faith or deliverance or anointing, but even around our finances, how to operate our finances. You know, in life, in any field of human endeavor, in any career, it takes understanding to be outstanding. In any field, you have to understand how the field works first before you can become outstanding in that field. So, God is saying to you, let your soul prosper first. And for our soul to prosper, it means we need to understand how things work in the kingdom. But this is where it all begins. You know, we need to understand that there's a difference between success and good success. Good success is what God gives us. The world can give success. Yes, we've heard about people who spend their entire life, you know, studying and doing all sorts of things to climb the corporate ladder. They climb by keep, and keep climbing. They climb to the 10th floor. And when they get to the 10th floor, they become CEOs. They jump out of the window. Because now that is success. That is what the world gives. But God gives good success. You know, the Bible says in Proverbs chapter 10, verse 22, it says, the blessing of the Lord, it makes rich and he adds no sorrow with it. The blessing of the Lord, which is upon you and I, by the way, you know, just like that parent that took his child to school. That's the blessing. It's on you because you are righteous. Pastor took so much time to teach us about righteousness in January. I still remember. You are righteous. I am righteous. The blessing is on you. So he says the blessing of the Lord that is on you, it makes you rich and he adds no sorrow with it. Now this same scripture implies something. There is a blessing that makes rich but can add sorrow. That is what the world gives. That is what Satan gives. There's a blessing that makes rich and can add sorrow. You know, as rich and wealthy as King David was, you know King David, very rich, very wealthy, very successful, very prosperous, so he can be an example of the prosperous life that we are all aspiring to. There was a point in his life, there was a time in his life that he was so discouraged about the promises of God. You know, all these promises, all these promises. He was discouraged. Let me show you. Psalm 73, verse 2 and 3. This is King David speaking. He said, but as for me, my feet were almost gone. My steps had 
almost slipped. For I was envious of the foolish when I saw the prosperity of the wicked. There was a time, King David, he looked at people that were not even serving God, who were not, you know, committing their lives and dedicating their lives to the things of God. They were prosperous. David said, my steps almost slipped when I saw the prosperity of the wicked. They were acquiring riches. I was jealous of them. He said in verse 17, 18, and 22, listen. He said, until I went into the sanctuary of God, then I understood their end. He said, when I came into the house of God, then I understood that all that was fleeting, all that was temporary. He said, their parts, in verse 18, he says, their parts are slippery. He says, their parts are full of desolation and terrors and all kinds of sorrows. In verse 22, he said, so foolish was I. I was so foolish and so ignorant. Oh Lord, forgive me because I was a beast before you. You see, what is the moral of this story? When you stick with God, the Bible says in Job 8, 7, though your beginning was small, he says, your later end shall greatly increase. Isn't that good news? When you stick with God, though your beginning is small, you're not going to remain small. That is why we're here. That is why we're always panting after the things of God. It says, though your beginning may be small, where you are right now, it might be at the level of not enough, or maybe you are at the level of just enough, or maybe you are even at the level of more than enough. It says, though your beginning be small, it says your later end. Come on, type in the, in the comment section, my later end shall greatly increase. Amen to that. Hallelujah. You see, in a life church, we're about understanding how to experience through true and lasting prosperity, not just riches. That is what our pastors have been coaching us and teaching us and impacting us, how to experience true riches. You see, the Bible says in Proverbs chapter 23, verse 5, will you set your eyes on that which is not? For riches certainly make themselves wings. They fly away as an eagle towards heaven. Riches can develop wings and fly, but not when you are with God. Not when, you are, not when you acquire your wealth, the God way, the kingdom way. And that is what we're about in a life church. So that your life is rich and fulfilling. Not those who are, you know, have today, have not tomorrow. That is not what we're about. So beloved, the first thing, let your soul prosper first. The food for the soul is the word of God. Feed on the word of God. Feast on the word of God. You know, listen to the messages again and again. Don't miss an opportunity to come to service. Praise the name of Jesus. The second point, you know, to experience true financial prosperity according to the plan of God is let your seed prosper. The first one was let your soul prosper. This second one is let your seed prosper. I'll ask you a question. What is the grand purpose of a seed? You know, I know people, you can eat seeds, you can cook seed, you can store seed, you can save seed. But what is the grand purpose? What is the purpose? You see, this, is, this question is very important. Because when purpose is not known, abnormal use, which is what we call abuse, is inevitable. When purpose is not known, when purpose, when the purpose of a thing is not known and understood, abnormal use, abuse 
is inevitable. What is the grand purpose of a seed? You see, the grand purpose of a seed is to be planted. So, I said, let your seed prosper. The question is, how do you let your seed prosper? You plant it. Don't hold on to your seed. Don't save your seed. Don't store up your seed. Trust the process. You see, God gives us financial seeds. And I will show you that later as we progress. You see, what you need to understand is seeds that are planted do not die. I know sometimes people say that when you put the, you know, you put the seed in the soil, it dies. And, but death actually means decomposing and it smells of death. But if you, if you read about the process of which a seed becomes a plant, seeds actually do not die. Burial is just a phase of transfiguration, of transformation. The seed becomes a plant and produces more and more. So the destination of your seed is not the death in itself. It's the resurrection so that new life and abundance can come off it. So don't store your seed. Don't store your financial seed. When every time there's an opportunity to give, be it your tithe or your offering, give it gladly. Because that is the purpose of a seed. That's the reason why God gave seeds. Praise the name of Jesus. Listen to this. It can rain. The sun can shine. But if there's no seed, think about a farmer who went and cleared the land and made the plows, made ridges. And then it can rain. God can give rain. God can give the sun. But if there's no seed in the ground, what is going to happen? Weeds, the unwanted stuff is going to happen. So brothers and sisters, beloved of God, do not hold on to your seed. Let it go. Release your seed. Because in that tiny little seed is your harvest, is your abundance. God loved his seed so much. His only begotten son. But you know Jesus is not only the, the only begotten son anymore. Today God has many sons and daughters. There was a time God had only one seed. He loved that seed so much. But God released that seed and buried that seed. And that seed transformed into you and I today. You see, Farmers do not hold on to their seed. They plant their seeds. Financially, do not hold on to your seeds. That's my encouragement for you tonight. Another point is that farmers plant their best seeds. When they harvest, they select the very best of the best of the best. And that's what they plant. So brothers and sisters, consistently release so that you can Move from the level of not enough to just enough to more than enough to overflowing abundance. Another point I would like to share with you tonight is that every fruit has its seed in it. How does that relate to our finances? Every payment you receive, every paycheck you receive, every profit you make has its seed in it. It's up to you. Do you want to Store the seed? Do you want to eat the seed? What do you want to do with the seed? Or do you want to plant the seed? Our encouragement, my encouragement for you tonight, my prayer for you tonight, is that you see this. Your eyes are open. That this is actually, you see, as small as that seed is, the secret of the seed is that it takes you 
to the next level. You see, we shouldn't eat our seeds, our financial seeds also. Just like it would be crazy for a farmer to harvest and then eat everything or sell everything. That wouldn't make sense in the natural sense. The same way our finances, it wouldn't make sense, you know, to eat all our seeds. I mean, to eat all our harvest, to eat our seeds. In fact, do you know, most fruit seeds are sour. There's a reason. God doesn't want us to eat them. You know, I did, I did a little research. I found that one of the reasons why apple seeds, for instance, when you eat them, is sour, is because it contains a substance that is called cyanide. Cyanide is actually poison. God doesn't want us to eat our seeds. You see, the reason why many people have sour financial experience and they blame God and blame systems and blame government and blame people is because they keep eating their seeds. Type in the comment section, from today, I won't eat my seeds anymore. You see, it doesn't matter how small that seed is. Plant them anyways. You will see God is faithful. Praise the name of Jesus. Now, this takes me to the next point. How do you let your, your seed prosper? The first one I said, plant it. Don't hold on to it. The second point is, water your seed. Seed needs to be watered. Financially, spiritually, as people of God, how do we water our seeds? When I come to church and I, and I you know, pay my tithe or I give my offering, then I go, how do I water my seed? Let me show you something. By the way, all farmers do that. They water their seeds. Listen to this. Proverbs 18 verse 4. I'll show you how to water your seeds financially. It says, the words of a man's mouth are as deep waters. The words of your mouth. Your mouth the primary purpose of your mouth is not to eat. is not to gist. Is to bless your life and advance your destiny. Pastor always tells us, this is a word planet. This planet responds to words because God created this planet with words. Listen, listen to what the wisest man that ever lived said. Proverbs 18.4. He says, the words of a man's mouth are as deep waters and the wellspring of wisdom as a flowing brook. Look at the same chapter, verse 20 and 21. He says, a man's belly is satisfied with the fruit of his mouth. Belly speaks of storehouse. Your storehouses, your bank accounts, they are satisfied with the fruit of your mouth. So when you sow your seed, don't just walk away. I mean, there's no farmer's going to go and, you know, go through all the effort, clear the land and plant the seeds and just walk away. Walk away? No, you wouldn't walk away. You would attend to your seed. You would cultivate it. You see, you will water it. You will irrigate it. He says, a man's belly shall be satisfied with the fruit of his mouth. And with the increase of his lips shall he be filled. With the increase of your lips shall you be filled. So when you sow your seed, you bless your seeds over and over again. Look at verse 21. He says, death and life are in the power of the tongue. And they that love it shall eat the fruit, the fruit, the harvest. That's what they say. Death and life are in the power of your tongue. Praise the name of Jesus. Another point is, how do you let your seed prosper? Cultivate your seed, not your sleep. Cultivate your seed, not your sleep. You know, I want to ask you, 
how much time do we, do we really invest on enterprise that leads to financial prosperity? You know, I was just meditating one, one morning and then I realized that by the time I'm 30 years old, I've only had 12 years of my adult life. I became an adult legally when I was 18. And by the time I'm 30, I've had 12 years of my adult life. Out of 12 years, and I want financial prosperity, I sleep for eight hours a day. Eight out of 24 is a third of the day. A third of 12 years is four years. I've spent 12, four years sleeping out of 12. Then I, what else do I do in a day? I eat all the eatings in a day, probably about an hour. And then I watch TV another one hour. That's two hours. And then probably I go on social media and do all the gistings, speak on the phone and all these other things for two hours. That's another four hours. Four plus four is eight hours out of 12. That is 66% of my life already on stuff that is not even contributing in any way to advancement of financial prosperity. I mean, 33% that is left is failure already. That is failure already. So we need to cultivate our seed, cultivate our life, you know, investing in, in our purpose. What is it that we're about? Not our sleep. We should reduce the time that we spend on, 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 on usual, I mean, on, on relevant stuff. You know, the Bible says in Proverbs chapter 6, verse 6 to 11, it says, go to the end, you sluggard, consider our ways and be wise, which having no guide or overseer or ruler, provides a meat in the summer and gathers a food in the harvest. How long will you sleep, O sluggard? This is the Bible, this is not me. When will you arise out of your sleep? Yet a little sleep, a little slumber. A little of folding, folding of the hands to sleep. So shall your poverty come as one that travels and your want as an armed man. Now that is not our portion in the name of Jesus. You know, another point I would like to share with us is we need to be money wise. The, the living Bible says in Proverbs 21 verse 20, it says, the wise man saves for the future, but the foolish man spends whatever he gets. 1 Corinthians chapter 16, verse 2, it says, On the first day of the week, each of you should set aside some income and save it to the extent that God has blessed you, so that a collection will not have to be made when I come. You see, the Bible encourages us to save, to save so that we can be more relevant to our families, to our community, even to the work of God, so that when need arises, we have from our savings to be able to give you know, an appropriate portion. This is Apostle Paul saying it here. On the first day of the week, each of you set aside some income and save it to the extent that God has blessed you so that a collection will not have to be made when I come, when, when necessity arises. You know, some people have the habit of spending money they do not have to buy things they don't need to impress people who do not care. We need to stop that habit of using money, spending money we do not have to buy things we don't need, to impress people who do not care. Praise the name of Jesus. You know, one thing I've realized about God is when, we, when God sees a need and we see a need, God releases a seed. The Bible says in 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 10, it says, now he who supplies seed to the farmer. You see God there. 
is, is the one who supplies seed to the farmer. He's the one who gave you that job. He's the one who gave you that business idea. He's the one who gave you that opportunity. He supply, that is him supplying seed to the farmer. And bread to the eater. We also supply you with seed and multiply it and enlarge the harvest that results from your righteousness. When God sees a need, he supplies a seed. What do you do with your seed? Give your seed to the one who can multiply it. It's right there in that scripture. He says, we'll supply you with seed and multiply it. Praise the name of Jesus. Now, I want to show you something that Jesus said. It's a parable of Jesus about this kingdom that we're in. Matthew chapter 25 is 14 and 15. And then verse 16 and 21. He says, for the kingdom of heaven, this our kingdom, is as a man traveling into a far country who called his servants and delivered to them his goods. And to the one he gave five talents, again, is the one supplying the seed. He gave five talents to another two, to another one, to every man according to his several ability and straight away took his journey. And in verse 16, the Bible says, Then he that had received the five talents went and traded with the same and made them other five talents. And in verse 21, you, you know the story. His Lord said to him, Well done, you good and faithful servant. You have been faithful over a few things. I'll make you ruler over many things. Enter you into the joy of your Lord. That is speaking of abundance and prosperity and joy. When we are faithful over a few things, this is what Jesus, this is a parable of Jesus. When we are faithful over a few things, you know, he says he's going to bring us into abundance. You know, Luke chapter 6 verse 38 says, Give the seed that God gave you initially and it shall be given to you. Good measure, pressed down, shaking together, running over, shall men give into your bosom. You know, I just want to quickly share three things. Your harvest depends on where you sow your seeds. If I bring a bucket of seeds here and I spread it over this place and I say, I want to sow, I want to reap what I sowed, you will all laugh at me. I have the right seeds, but the environment is not conducive. That is one. Secondly, your harvest depends on how much you sow. Second uh, Corinthians chapter 9 verse 6 says, he who sows sparingly will also reap sparingly. He, he who sows bountifully will also reap bountifully. You know, if you, want, if you want to plant 15 acres of land, you have to provide 15 acres of seed. And then the third point is, your harvest depends on when you sow. There's seed, there's time, and there's harvest. You know, the Bible says in Galatians chapter 6 verse 9, let us not get tired of doing what is good for at the right time. If I want to harvest corn, I'm not going to plant corn yesterday and expect to harvest it today. There's a right time. Praise the name of Jesus. And as we begin to round up, I just want us to realize the real value of our tithes and offerings. Through our giving, we are joint builders of the temples of God. In a live church, we are working with God 
to rebuild lives, you know, to rebuild relationships with God that have been, you know, in ruins, to build lives. We are working with God in this place. Listen to what Paul said in 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 69. He says, I have planted, Apollos watered, but God gave the increase. So neither he, neither is he that plants anything, nor he that waters, but God that, that gives the increase. Now he that plants and he that waters are one, and every man shall receive his own reward according to his labor. For we are laborers with God, and you are God's husbandry, you are God's building. We are building lives. That is what we are about. That's what our offering and our tithes are doing. We are, we are building lives. We are, we are restoring relationships of people with God. We are bringing joy to heaven. And I want to show us something quickly. David said to Solomon, he said, build the temple of God. Jesus is our David. He's the son of David. He's essentially telling you and I to build the temple of God. What is the temple of God? The temple of God is not this building. The temple of God are people. Kings build kingdoms. We are kings. Kings build kingdoms. You know, David said to Solomon, 1 Chronicles chapter 22, he said, He shall build a house for my name, and he shall be my son, and I will be his father, and I will establish the throne of his kingdom over Israel forever. Now, my son, the Lord be with you and prosper you. Build the house of the Lord your God as he has said to you. This is our sole purpose, to build lives, to restore relationships. And as you know, building requires finances. You know, that's why David also said in verse 14 of that same chapter, he says, now behold in my trouble, I have prepared for the house of the Lord a hundred thousand talents of gold and a thousand thousand talents of silver. He was telling Solomon, I had to, building requires finances. Praise the name of Jesus. And when you consistently Dedicate your finances to building the people of God and building the house of God. Listen to what Jesus says about you. Matthew chapter 19 verse 28. He says, and Jesus said to them, truly I say to you, that you which have followed me in the regeneration when the son of man shall sit in the throne of glory, you shall also sit on 12 thrones, judging the 12 tribes of Israel. And everyone that has forsaken houses or brothers, or sisters, or father, mother, wife, whatever, or land, whatever you've given up for my sake, you will receive a hundredfold in this life and inherit everlasting life. And finally, as I, as I round up this evening, I want us to think about the Chinese bamboo tree. Very interesting story about the Chinese bamboo tree. The, the farmers who plant the Chinese bamboo tree. It's like this. You take a little seed. You take a little seed of the bamboo tree. You plant it. You water it. And fertilize it. And for four years, nothing happens. Imagine that. Nothing happens for four years. Then in the fifth year, it grows to 90 feet in six weeks. One and a half months. That speaks of patience. 90 feet is equivalent to a seven-story building. But for four years, they were watering and fertilizing and nothing happened. What is this saying to us? Those of us who have been consistently consistent do not give up hope. Do not give up hope. 
The Bible says to you in Proverbs chapter 23 verse 18, For surely there's an end, and your expectation shall not be cut off. It says, Cast not away your confidence in Hebrews chapter 10, which has a great recompense of reward. And in verse 36 it says, For you have need of patience, that after you have done the will of God, you might receive the promise. For yet a little while, he that shall come will come and will not tarry. Now the just shall live by faith. And verse 39 says, If any man draw back, my soul shall have no pleasure in him. But we are not of them that draw back to perdition, but of them that believe to the saving of the soul. I believe you have been blessed tonight. Praise the name of Jesus. I believe you've learned one thing or another. Thank you so much for listening. We believe you were blessed by the word. For more, please visit our website, www.alivewithjoseph.com as well as subscribe to our YouTube channel, Alive with Joseph Ngogocha. Till next time, God bless.